subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, let's welcome in our guy Richard Davenport again this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Uh, Richard, to Tommy's just point about the the exhibition games, I, I think again there's there's going to be uh, a buzz around Fayetteville this weekend that you don't customarily have. Uh, any idea if you could see some some guys, whether it's football players or basketball players, that will unofficially visit this weekend? just because of a, a decent marquee matchup at Bud Walton Arena? Yeah, I could see uh, basketball for sure. Uh, I'll probably be checking on that uh, today or tomorrow, but uh, uh, especially with being a, a 3, 3 p.m. Uh, tip-off, that helps uh, uh, kids be able to get to, to Fayetteville uh, if they're from out of state, uh, at a, you know, at a, at a reasonable uh, time as far as getting up and uh, making the trip and uh so, uh, yeah, you, you would think that that would uh, attract some guys uh, in some form or fashion, no doubt. Richard, Coach mentioned on Monday, Coach Pittman, talking about the different calls he had to make on Sunday, not just the call to let go of Dan Enos, but the calls to different recruits. From from maybe anyone's parents or anyone that you personally talked to, what has that been like, particularly on the offensive side of the football, with guys that are currently committed to Arkansas in future classes? From what, from what I gathered, I mean, that, that was just smart to, to do that. I mean, to, the, number one, you want to calm the nerves of the recruits and the commitments and and let them know what's going on before it get, gets out there publicly. Uh, they, uh, from what I can uh, gather and talking to some people, he just basically reassured that uh, the next OC would be uh, – somebody that fits their skill set and, uh, so, you know, somebody that would uh, uh, kind of mirror his, his uh, philosophy. So uh, I think it was just a, a, a smart move, obviously, the, to uh, to kind of calm the nerves before anything went public. Richard, who would be some good candidates on that list if, if Kenny Guyton uh, is not the one next year and he's got a chance to maybe earn that job, who would – who would be some names that would be on your list to to join Sam Pittman's staff next year? Man, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't even given it any thought. Uh, 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 you know, I just, no, I, I, honestly, I really haven't even given it much thought. It'd be somebody uh, likes to uh, RPO, uh, uh, you know, 50-50 type offense. I mean, obviously, I focus on the run. Uh that would be a good question. I really haven't even thought about it. Yeah, I mean, my guess is you'll be looking somewhere in the uh, the Saban Kirby tree, someone that that's connected uh, maybe to Kirby and into the into the history. And the good thing with Sam, he's been a lot of places. He talked about this the other day. And he's made a lot of stops, done a lot of moving, so he knows a lot of people. So he'll have a connection to to find what what fits if he doesn't have it already in Kenny Guyton. 
Oh, no doubt, no doubt. It, 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 it may, it, it might even be a professional uh, 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 coach. Uh, who knows? I mean, because you're right. I mean, he, he has so many connections uh, through football uh, in all levels. So, uh, I mean, we, we may kind of thank you to be uh, be this type of person, uh, you know, but uh, it could be somebody that uh, could be a surprise. Richard Davenport with us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, Whole Hawk Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. R.D., Tell us about Kenny Guyton. You probably have a relationship more than we do to this extent. The recruits, what do they say about him? And what have you learned about the former Ohio State quarterback? Well, you know, a lot of times when you're talking about a younger, uh, a younger assistant, that's uh, something that uh, recruits talk about. Is uh, he's, a, he's a younger guy that uh, relates well with them, and uh, I think that I think KJ probably has. Uh, uh, you know, maybe a comfort factor there, and just the comments that he made, uh, just just because he, he's he's he, even though Dan Ninos was a quarterback, I mean, it, it, it was uh, it was you know a different uh, different time, and uh, Kenny's a little bit more uh, more recent uh, quarterback, uh, and and still pretty young, and can can kind of relate to the guys, and uh, it seems to be uh, even even though I, I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, uh, the youth movement, uh, totally. Uh, I think you, it's def- definitely necessary, but, uh, I, I think, uh, wisdom and, uh, older, uh, uh, coaches are, are also a great asset to young men too. Uh, just from a standpoint of, uh, just that they've been there and done that, uh, uh, and, and through, through life experiences and they, they can kind of help them, uh, get through some things, uh, personally and, uh, along with, uh, you know, uh, Football wise too, but uh, he, he he's definitely a guy that uh, you know kids relate to, and uh, he, he he makes them feel comfortable. Richard, we know NIL is a big factor right now. Do you think it's more difficult for Arkansas to convince big donors after a bad season to go back to the well to donate more? How, how do you think that relationship works in conjunction with particularly football recruiting? I'm sure it doesn't help, but at the same time, you say, "Hey, you know, you know, we got to compete against, uh, you know, all these other schools that uh, uh, that they're obviously, uh, you know, loading up uh, NIL wise, and 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 you can help us do that and get get to where we want." And I mean, they're competitive right now, but I mean, Arkansas will never ever be able to compete. Uh, you know, against Texas, Texas A and M, and large, larger schools with larger, larger uh, alumni and uh, richer fan bases. I mean, Arkansas has got some pretty wealthy people, and there's there's uh, there's a good amount of uh, wealthy donors. But uh, you you can multiply that by a hundred times or, or more, probably more in, in Texas uh, with all the oil money and uh, and all the. Uh, Billionaires and millionaires, uh, it, it, it's it's just going to be tough. It's just you you can you can uh, you can offer some good NIL uh, opportunities. There's no doubt, but uh, to be able to match, uh, you know, what those schools can do, it's going to be tough sledding, man. Yeah. Richard Davenport with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. We've been talking recruiting here with with Richard this morning. We're down to the last couple of weeks, week nine of the high school football season. A lot of the season finality. Uh, season finale rivalries and big games that will determine 
some playoff seating coming up over the next two weeks. Uh, anything stand out to you? I know a lot of people are talking about that Conway Bryant game that's a week away. There's a couple of big matchups around the state. Give us some of the headlines that uh, have caught your attention with high school football in our state. Uh, Buck James, <laughs> he's just a machine. He goes to Conway and he's undefeated. He wins the 60th, his 60th uh, consecutive in-state game uh, against Little Rock Central last week. Uh, what he did at uh, you know Camden Fairview, what he did at Bryant, is, is impressive, and he's just continuing at, at uh, Conway. I mean. To me, that's the biggest thing, just how he can go from one school to another and instantly turn him into uh, a state title contender. Uh, he, he's just uh, he, hes a very old-school coach, very demanding, and a guy that I think, you know, it takes it takes a kids, uh, when, the, when he enters the program, a little bit of an adjustment, but once, uh, once uh, they see the results, uh, they they buy in, and I think you're seeing that with Conway. So I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm just stunned at how he can just go from school to school and instantly just turn them into a, a powerhouse. Pulaski Academy holds like a sixty some odd game home home winning streak. Uh, they host Greenwood this week in a huge game in the six A West. Could set up a undefeated showdown in Week Ten with Little Rock Christian and Greenwood in South Sebastian County. That, that's an interesting game this Friday night. PA has not been on the the same level they've played at in the past, but uh, they're still they're still right there behind Christian and Greenwood. That's a that's an interesting matchup, RD, this Friday night in Central Arkansas. No, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, two powerhouses. I mean that 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 game right there. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, most people have been to Plasky Academy's uh, uh, you know stadium. It's always packed because it's it's pretty small. It, it will be uh, uh, you're you're going to have uh, people just surrounding the uh, st- uh, the f- playing field. It, uh, that I mean, it's usually that way, but it's going to be that way even more so just because of this matchup. And then you got Kane Archer and uh, his brother, and and uh, you know the, just the powerhouse that uh, Greenwood brings to the Central Arkansas and the PA. Uh, I mean, they're, they're usually throwing for four or five hundred yards and five, six touchdowns. And so, uh, now that you, you're right, that, that's a great matchup. Last time I was out that field, I watched Hunter Henry go for like three touchdowns against my alma mater. It was uh, pretty painful to watch. They won by like fifty. So, Richard, we'll leave it there this morning, man. Appreciate you joining us as always, and uh, we'll talk again next week, hopefully after a banner week for this Arkansas basketball team. All right, guys. We'll see you. Hey, I've got some good news for everyone out there. How much would you say that y'all typically spend on Thanksgiving, Tommy, per year? Oh, I have no idea because we divide. I'm sure it's, you know, 150, 200 bucks. I I have no idea because, uh, you know, everybody, hey, you're bringing the Jell-O salad and you're doing the turkey and you're doing, you know, we kind of, everybody has their their favorite dishes they like to make. So I don't know, but I would guess it would be a couple hundred bucks if it was all added up. I don't know. In 2022, including according to the American Farm Bureau, the average American family spent 64 bucks on Thanksgiving. I know I got the text last week from my middle stepsister asking, "Hey, what does everyone want?" I said mashed potatoes and gravy. That's my favorite thing. Uh, so we're east. I'm not. I don't Mac want that. You can have it at the table. I'm not going to eat it. Um, but that has been the question. This will be the first time ever that all five grandkids and all five siblings 
and mom and pops that are all together. All under one roof. All under one roof in what Northwest could go Arkansas. Wrong? <laughs> oh, it's going to be a very interesting Thanksgiving. But uh, I want to give credit to Wally World because on Wednesday, they said they're going to remove inflation this past Wednesday from Thanksgiving dinner. They're going to lower prices on customers' favorite brands. Aldi is doing that as well. Beginning November the 1st, they're going to have two meal options, one ready to bake and one from scratch. And then Aldi is doing the same things. They're lowering their prices on more than 70 holiday food items. Walmart's is going through the 26th, so you get Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then Aldi through the end of the year. So both big grocery stores, which I shop at both, are lowering prices on Thanksgiving this year. I know that's, again, the holidays can be an expensive time for many. They're trying to at least... Yeah. Make it a little cheaper than they usually do at this point. Average again, Americans spend sixty four dollars on There's Thanksgiving no way it, for family. I mean, no way at your house or my house, sixty four bucks is covering the whole spread. No, no, um, no, I mean, no way. What's the one thing? I mean, we're less than a month from Thanksgiving, and it is the best food holiday of the year. I don't care what anyone 25th? says. Is it the twenty sixth? It's the twenty third. I'm, I'm looking at the calendar. Okay. November twenty third is Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, we're inside thirty days. What's the big C? What's the one thing? If grandma or mom didn't make it this year, you're going to be really disappointed. What's the one thing you got to have on the table? Ooh. On Thanksgiving, beyond turkey or ham or something like that. I mean, like the sides, because those are what make the meal. Green bean casserole is pretty good. Yeah, we always have one of those. I'm pretty basic. I like mashed potatoes and gravy and Sister Schubert rolls because I eat like a pan of them. My wife makes this stuffing. Um, and sometimes she'll bake it in a pan and have me put it on the smoker, which is really good. But she makes it in a crock pot, and it's really good. It's not dry. It's it's really moist, and mm-hmm. so her, her stuffing's way up there. Mm-hmm. It is also National Greasy Foods Day, so I feel like there are some greasy foods they eat on, mm. on Thanksgiving or after. Well, that's, well, depends that's on how you greasy, cook your turkey, though. you deep fry it or whatever. But deep. even a good deep fried turkey's not greasy. You had one? You had a deep fried turkey? Yeah, we've done the smoked, deep fried uncaged and we've done different ones so i don't know what the plan is this year again i i, I just told them i'll make mashed potatoes and gravy with the kiddos and yeah. probably get well, my nieces and nephews throwing it at me but that's part of it i guess good friend of mine you, you you are in the river valley um you hear ads for jody's automotive center jody roop over there he smokes turkeys every year at thanksgiving and I, I, my kids every year if, if you don't have one of jody's turkeys they are there's gonna be a problem is, does Laura shop at Aldi or does she shop at Walmart? Or does she shop at, because we don't have a Kroger up here. They're valid. She generally shops harps. at Walmart, but Aldi is on the list of places to go. Okay. The, the convenience of the online shopping and the pickup is, uh, you don't for like her that because they pick out your steaks. I, That's, well, I've well, heard you say first that before. Of all, I don't, <laughs> we don't buy steaks there. So, no. I've heard you say that before that, like, you don't like it because they pick out, no. out that. You well, like No the, real man lets someone else pick yeah. the meat out. I gotta go in there and look at it, lay hands on it. Hog collar in Huntsville likes Aldi with three kids. It helps again. Yeah. I spend thirty bucks on groceries, and that covers me for the week. You got to take your own you're bag, a one, right? You're a singleton. Yeah, it helps. Uh, it helps. I'll yeah, you got to take a quarter to get a cart too. Like, but, yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, I'll get. My, I don't have any problem with all. We go. You know, when we got time to go, they get some good stuff. Even some of that off-brand stuff's pretty good. Yeah, they don't bag it. Like you have to actually. But man, their checkers get with it. You go get that line. They. Boop, boop, I mean, they, they do not waste time checking you out there. And you don't have to check yourself out. That's the other thing I like there. I think that curbside pickup is, uh, has won over at my house. There you go. Well, it's kind of like the tempo you're I like going to Sam's. I don't shop at Walmart or Aldi very often. When I buy stuff, I'm going to Sam's. 
I buy it in bulk, baby. Yeah. Buy it in bulk. Well, you got a, a family that eats out of house and home. I, I need 27 pounds of pasta, please. <laughs> get eaten if Laura makes her homemade. I haven't had that in a while. She wants to she wants to make that homemade pasta again. She can tell her feel free to oh, do that. Oh, that uh, spaghetti sauce? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's been a while. I have her make a double batch, and then the next day or two days, two, three days later, take the sauce that's then really, you know, set and really the, the flavors come out make lasagna. Yeah. Do pasta, then do lasagna. To Zach, we're making him hungry this morning. Eric and Greenwood texted on the McCarty Daniel hotline asking, what am I eating, ramen noodles? No, I'm smoothies, quesadillas. Smoothies for lunch, quesadillas for dinner. Ryan of Prairie Grove says there are underrated steaks at Aldi's. And Bart from Rogers says his wife is an assistant manager at the Rogers Aldi. So there you go. go into the Rogers Aldi and say hi to Bart from Rogers' wife because she's in there from time to time. So you, you're talking about the checkup line, the speed. Yep. I think a lot of people are hoping to see more speed with this offense. What and a transition that, for you. That's, wow. that's called a segue right wow. there. And uh, confidence <laughs> is something that this offense has lacked from time to time. I don't lack any any confidence when I hit the checkout line at either Walmart or Aldi, but KJ was speaking to that yesterday on halftime as they were at Armour Bank. Here's what he said about the confidence that they're hoping to get. You have guys that's playing more confident now and not scared to make a mistake. And they want to be coached hard and just being able to have a simplified playbook down to where guys can play faster. They don't have to think as much. And they're grasping the uh, material quickly. And now when it's on the field, they know their keys. They know what they're looking at. And they can just be able to play faster and confident. You know when you go to a restaurant and a drive through and there's certain ones that have just a select number of menu items and you know exactly what you want every time and it more often than not, it's successful and you're full and you like what you get. Then you go to other places and there's 50 bajillion things that you can order mm -hmm. and it takes you a while to like comprehend all that. I feel like that's what it, this was for the offense at times. They know what their they know what their bread and butter is. It's worked the last two years. Now it worked better two years ago. It still worked last year. But I wonder if is there's it the same bread and butter though as it was two years ago. I think you will. Did Enos change the bread and the butter? I think if you see the. I would say uh, if the offensive line was the butter, then the butter's not well, as good as it's actually okay. been. What are the back. bread and butter of the offense? And I just think it's it's RPO and less right. long developing pass plays. And they tried to do that a lot. I mean, the KJ was sacked a lot no. of times, and the receivers aren't getting up. There's just a bunch of stuff that went wrong this year through eight games. I think uh, mentally they kind of gave up in their head. Uh, you may, Maybe not physically, but... It's like they were beat down. So what well, if, what if R, RPO is is either bread or butter, and the other one would would have to be the run game when they could get protected. This year they 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 just hadn't had the running lanes. But I mean, the bread and butter should have been RPO game with KJ, and then you might say, well, their 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 bread or butter is tempo. I I, I could get on board with some way. of that too. But what what this offense has missed, and some of it's the lack of a healthy Rocket Sanders. You've missed running backs being effective this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really just thought, sat back and thought, hey, a 1,400, 1,500 yard Rocket Sanders is a guarantee. He's not a 100 yard Rocket Sanders right now. And uh, that that should have been bread or butter. RPO should have been the other. And if you want to say tempo, I'll get, I'll get on board with some of that. And that's, that's what's been missing completely, other than a few RPOs here and there from this offense. Yeah. And Coach Pittman was honest on Monday. Guys, just because Enos is gone doesn't mean they're going to still have issues. Here's what he said about those. 
with Dan not here anymore, that doesn't mean all our answers are solved. I mean, hell, we've got offensive line issues, back issues, running route issues, tight end issues. So Dan took the blunt of it on that, but we all haven't been coaching as well as we have in the past. We haven't. Man, he's taking one for some of the play. I mean, the, the players got to play, too. You can talk about coaching. I don't believe for a minute they're not coaching them up to do the right things or they're not working hard. The, you know, at some point, it all has to come together. There's, the players have to go out and execute the plays, too. I think all those issues he mentioned was, you know, due to Enos's system and the players not totally buying into it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I still think about that goal line pass on Saturday. Is that coaching? That coaching that the ball three hopped in there to Washington? Uh, no, that ain't. When KJ uh, rolled out, yeah, yeah missed him. Yeah. Coaching, that's just players got to play and make plays. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's go down south to El Dorado, home of Murphy USA and Mystic Creek, where our friend Alan is waiting. And the El Dorado who? Wildcats. There you go. I, I, from now on, every person that calls in, we're going to try and list off the mascots of that Hometown. I think Tommy Fun. and I are starting to, to get a little bit of rapport of that. Alan, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning, fellas. I I, I listen to y'all almost every morning. Uh, listen to other sports shows in the afternoons and listen to Sam Pittman's press conferences. Um, you know, a lot of opinions, but there's a lot of things wrong. Uh, a lot of things have to come together to have a good football team. But Dan Enos and his offense is just not a good fit for the style of players. I think that were that were at Fable, that are at Fable. And the the key point here though that, that I wanted to make is when Coach Pittman had his press conference Monday, he mentioned twenty eight pocket passes. And that they had worked on other things uh that, that doesn't get done during the games. Um and look it's it's simple. If if they work on things and your boss tells you to do that, they got headsets on, 
um, you know, that does come back on Coach Pittman. And and if, if Dan Enos isn't running the plays you won't run during the game, you fix that during that game, or you, you tell Enos to go drop his headset and sit on the bus until the game's over. But overall, I just don't think the style offense Enos runs is the strength uh, is the strength of our players. I appreciate y'all taking the call. Have a good morning. Thanks, Al. All right, so let's go back to again what Coach said Monday. We did it in practice. We just didn't do it. Was there a hold up? They're just not. We didn't do it. it. I mean, we practiced it. We didn't do it. So I don't know what to say about that. That's him talking about rolling the pocket. What Alan just referred to to this point. I would guess, based on Sam's comments, based on what's been said lately, that Kenny Guyton is going to call a lot of plays outside the pocket next. He's going to have some directives. Yes. Yeah. And I think again. So, do you think Enos is a bad coach? His track record would say he's not a uh, he's not a great coach, but he's not a bad coach. He's mm-hmm. middle of the pack. Okay, fair. So, so you know, where was the where was the disconnect on a personal basis? Why? Because what I hear Sam describing is just a stubborn employee, a stubborn coordinator that was going to do it. We're going to win or lose my way instead of what was best for the talent. What was being directed to you by your head coach? What? You, why would you spend time in practice on something now? Maybe Dan Enos, people sitting here and say, well, because we practiced rolling out of the pocket and we couldn't execute it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there were things in practice he saw. I don't know. But but clearly, whatever you were doing during the game, you know, the scoreboard indicates that was not working. The stat sheet indicates it did not work. So, you know, something out, and, and that's the problem with this time of the year. How much practice time do you really have? I mean, effective practice time on the field to try things. It's very limited at this time of the year. And you're only out there doing stuff, you know, a couple days a week now at this point because it's already supposed to be polished and put in. Yeah. And I will say this about Dan Enos. So Sam Pittman brings him in, again, as more of a pro-style NFL trying to ready. He, he's trying to help KJ. He's that trying was the goal this year, yeah. to get him to be an NFL quarterback. And it didn't work. And now he's getting trying to, it seemed like, with Kenny Guyton's tutelage under <sighs> didn't work quick Ken enough. It should have been sure. just to win games because KJ's done – okay in the system he was in we were talking about kj for heisman and all this stuff before the season so i don't know i don't know why they tried to mix it up and make it all you know so whose offense did dan enos run at alabama whose terminology was used then because saban's you know been clear hey when we've hired coordinators we bring them the playbook and it's your job to learn this playbook that obviously is not what happened at arkansas and i think there's a lesson to be learned in all of this that Hey, it's your job as a coach to match up your your plays, your your schemes, your personnel grouping to best fit the talent you've got. Not what, hey, this is the way I've always done it. Sounds to me like they were trying to jam a square peg in the round hole, and it just finally, uh, you know, had something had to be done. But if if he's had success elsewhere, which he has at certain pit stops, this is again, this is still a coach's league. College football is still a coach's league. I think the that's players, changing. It's changing, though, yeah, Ty. With NIL, that's there, changing. There's true, but there's still, I mean, there, there still needs to be a respect and an understanding of the coach. Like, there should be more acclimation from the player to coach than there should be from the coach to player, right? It shouldn't go the opposite, But correct? You're, I mean, and you've made, and I don't disagree, your job's to win games, right? Uh-huh. If we call more tempo plays and more RPOs, and that gives this group of players who you didn't recruit all of them and you don't have time to go recruit players to fit your style. If, 
don't you call the plays that fits the talent you have? I mean, that's just common sense to me. And that's, I think that's what Sam's talking about. We, we, in the end, we were trying to make the players mold and fit the system because there was, I guess, some thought this would make KJ more pro-ready. Uh, it would fit Dan for the future, but it is more of a pro-style offense. That does not fit the talent you got. On top of that, you had inexperienced tackles. The veteran linemen yeah. in the middle weren't as good as you were hoping they would end up being. You had a surprise at tight end with Luke Haas, who was better than you probably thought he'd be. Then he gets injured. You're 1,500-yard back or 14-plus. Right. And Rocket Sanders, never really fully available. I mean, the answer to all of these problems is not just, well, Dan Enos doesn't know what he's doing. I, think I mean, there's if, a lot of things going on here. I think if they knew their O-line would be as play as poor as it has before the season, if they knew it would be that bad, I'm sure they would have done something different. They thought they could coach their way out of it would be my guess. <laughs> they thought, uh, we'll get the players, give us a little time, maybe a little slower start. We saw that in the first two games. We just need more time, more time, more time, and the clock ran out on Dan Enos and this offense. All right, back to the McCarty-Daniel hotline. Tommy, is Cato Gap and Cato Hills the same the same thing, Cato Hills High Down there by Norman, Norman down yeah. you know, by Mount Ida. Then you go to Norman, you yeah. hang a left, and you head to uh, it's Cato Hills High School, and that okay. is near Cato Gap. He said they do have a basketball the, team. Do you know their? Do you know their? Yeah, they do not have football. Do you know their mascot? The Indians. There you right. go. Okay. You got it. That's where. Is it strange or stra- strain? Strain, like a string strain with a country accent. That's where strain yeah. is this morning. Good morning, strain. Morning, everybody, and you're right. Cattle Hills Indians at one time they was pretty dominant in the two A basketball. Mm. Uh, I drive by that old gym going to Arkadelphia. That looks like a place that it can get a little wild on a Friday night. It, it gets a little wild. It'd be packed. We'd love a, a high school basketball. Point uh, Purdue's point guard. I can't remember his name, but his mother played on a state championship team. At Cata Hill. She's a local girl here named Jenny Moore, and she was one of the best, bar none, little basketball players that ever come out of this little area. Now, I'd be lying if I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I haven't looked too much in depth outside of Zach Eady and Matt Painter. Painter's their coach, Strang, um, and Zach Eady's the player of the year from last year and, and whatnot. But you're saying their starting point guard's mom is from where you're at? Yes, her name was Jenny Moore, and she's local. And that boy's great-grandpa and grandmother is going to be able to make his ball game. Probably the only time they'll get Heck to see yeah. him play. And they've not probably been out of Montgomery County in 20 years, so they're going to be in for <laughs> quite a little treat, I'm sure. I'm assuming that's her maiden name, right? Moore? You don't know. Yes. Her, you don't know. Probably you yeah. probably don't know I, her, her real name, do you? I, 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 yeah, I forgot. I'm not very good with names, but... Uh, yeah, she. Anyway, they going. It's going to be a big deal. And I, I, he wanted to be a Razorback, but he didn't make it. I hope he had a great game for his grandparents and his mother and everybody. But I sure hope I'll beat him. Braden Smith uh, is who JT and Hot Springs says you're you're asking about. Okay. Braden Smith of Purdue. Well, well Strain, thanks for sharing that connection this morning, Tommy. Myself, Big C, and our listeners did not know about it, but now we have uh, new knowledge on the situation. I want to give a shout-out to my little local Murfreesboro Rattlers football team at 7-0. and And my nephew plays linebacker, Noel Cox, been averaging about 10, 15 tackles a game. Heck yeah. Go Rattlers. Go Hogs. Y'all do a good job. 
Good morning, Razorback fans. There you go. Thank you, Strain. Yeah, I uh, I did know the that was Murfreesboro Diamonds, right? That's where the diamond. Okay. Yeah, that's where you the go. Diamond. I've done that. One, I've done that one no. time with my pops back in the day. Well, I did get some news from. Eric Musselman yesterday, apparently they're close to selling out. Right now, I think we're at 14,000 seats that are sold. That's not counting the 3,000 seats that will be held for the student body. That's going to be really, really good for their team, too, to play in front of a good crowd as well. So you're at 17 of Need to sell two more thousand, 2,000 tickets more. Yeah, 2,200. Can they get that? I mean, tickets online right now are fifteen bucks plus a three dollar fee. Upper well, decks. they may, they may sell them all. They won't. I don't think they'll fill the building. They'll tell them. No. Uh, Even I mean, because they, and here's why I say that. Last year when they played Kentucky, last year when they played Alabama, I was in the building for those games. It wasn't full for those games. I don't think it's going to be full for an exhibition. Game. I will say to the point, two great teams that you welcomed in there. Team was just mid in the regular season. I mean, you were just okay. You weren't that good. When, when did they finish in the SEC? And they finished like uh, sixth, wasn't it? Yeah. This team, I think the expectation well, is they're going to be even better than last year's team. My point is when you get down to the place where my choice is to watch on my TV at my house or sit in the upper deck corner, mm-hmm. uh, the TV at my house is sounding pretty good. And that's what ends up not happening is the upper deck corners and the end zone top two or three rows don't get filled. It's, uh, I think the only change, Tommy, for that, and I would probably, if you look at the schedule, you got some great home games. you got Tennessee coming in here. you got Kentucky coming in here. Duke might be the only game on the schedule that you just want to be in the building. Heck, you might fabricate a ticket to just get in the building. I'm not, I don't know how you're going to do that I'm now. not advocating for that. Well, I'm just saying they're not Well, exact. you're planting seeds. What are you doing? Um, listen, I, I would never, ever... Criminal adv- activity coming advocate, out of your mouth. ...advocate for this, but I'm just saying security isn't exactly tight all time at Razorback There's no events. paper tickets. How are you going to pull that off? I mean, I walked in the other day uh, without even... Oh, but you're Ty Richardson, sir. They know who you are. What? Right this way, what? velvet ropes. Move, move, move to the left, everybody. Ty Richardson it's almost coming like through. They did the security, and then they didn't even look at the ticket. So as long as I didn't have anything on me, I was yeah. But God, you don't go like a, you don't go like a commoner like me and Big C do. I mean, we have to stand in line, go you know, yeah. wait on our hot dog and popcorn. We don't you know they don't move us to the front of the line like a celebrity of your of your stature. I don't think that uh, of anyone on this yeah. program, I think I had the lowest, or on this station, probably the lowest uh, I mean, at Me that and Big point. C have to wait in the back of the line, you know? Yeah. We're, you're just hoping you'll feed us cake, throw some cake down, you know, to us. What kind? Yeah. yeah, chocolate. Chocolate's you know. cool. Okay. That's uh, that's some of the news. We've, we've got some other stuff we'll share from Eric Musselman this week. They had a press conference a little early did it yesterday. I heard from him, Tremont Mark, and then also uh, Chandler Lawson. Yeah as well they'll, fi- they'll fill up i mean they'll, they'll sell out the tickets I, I have no doubt some donors some some booster will particularly at this price at 15 bucks will buy the last so they can claim it a sellout and the money goes to charity but i don't think you'll have nineteen thousand in the house mm-hmm. i didn't know the Mur- i think the biggest takeaway so far this morning is the murfreesboro rattlers are seven and up <laughs> there you go that's my biggest takeaway this morning. Congrats to them. Yeah. Hopefully they have a... Yeah. What, what, Thank you, Randy. What division, <laughs> yeah, what division did they play in, Tommy? I, uh, I'm going to guess 2A or 3A. Okay. Yeah. It's lower one. Well, yeah. go Rattlers. Keep yeah. going, boys. There you go. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock. 
Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Had a chance to hear from K.J. Jefferson yesterday on halftime. Appreciate our friends at Armor Bay getting that set up and together. And I know a lot of you are wondering, hey, what's the dynamic look like between Coach Guyton and the offense? Here's what KJ said. He came in, we brought the whole offense up uh, as a unit meeting, and he basically broke down his two things that he was focusing on moving forward as an offense, and that's enthusiasm, just being able to have fun and be passionate, and also accountability. Everybody taking accountable for their mistakes. If, if somebody messes up, we have to be able to get on and pinpoint it right then and there and not let them just blow by and turn that small problem to a big problem and just trying to nip it in the bud right then and there. That's at least the goal for next week and the rest of this season through four games. Now, again, that's KJ talking about Coach Guyton. Now, Coach Pittman was talking about on Monday why it didn't work out with Dan Enos. Here's what he said in regards to that. I think a lot of coaching has to do with enthusiasm, spirit, wanting to run through a wall for different people. and We just really never had that on the offensive side of the ball. If you look at it defensively, there's a lot of that there. I think you can get guys to play better than maybe even what their talents are if they believe in you. It was just rough. Our kids weren't as motivated, and that can go on me as well. Our kids weren't as motivated to play as what I have seen in the past. I mean, you could tell the way we took the field on Saturday that it was like, you know, and I can remember being on the headset going, what are we doing? Is Sam Pittman missing Barry Odom? 100%, yeah. I mean, mean, not just because he was a former head coach, but professionally, personally, Mm -hmm. you know, we heard about the walks. I mean, I think these are uh, problems that he doesn't have a sounding board for the way he did before. And, it, you know, we talk about, well, he needs a former head coach in there. I think there's truth in that. And I think that's, this is, you know, and I'm reading into things. Only Sam Pittman could could answer this directly. And I bet if you ask him, he'd tell you, because he's pretty honest. You know, I think we're seeing the signs of, hey, this is still a fairly new head coach. Yeah. He's not new to college football. And it's not necessarily he needs someone that's been a head coach before. It's not like Barry Odom had had you know, 20 years of being a head coach. I think it's just that trusted sounding board, someone that you can feel very comfortable saying, hey, here's what I'm, I'm in doubt about and help me talk through it, work through it. I think he's missing that. He doesn't have someone on the staff, I'm guessing, that has filled that role yet for him. Yeah, and I mean, Barry Odom was here, what, two years and two or three years? And, I, three you know, years. you would think, you would think Pittman would have picked up some of that, but I guess that's even well, a, in a coaching career, that's not yeah. very long. So the, the, tra- the problems changed on him this year, Big C. I mean, that, you know, the, the problems he was dealing with last year, or the issues he needed to work through last year aren't the same as this year. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I, you know, I think, you know, every, every leader needs someone. It, it gets lonely in leadership. It gets lonely at the top. You don't have people to talk to about everything. It does. So, I mean, I think Sam Pittman probably is, 
looking for that ear he can yeah. bend. Is that why you don't get lonely because you got me and Chuck <laughs> as I plop my feet up on the table? Yeah. You can always talk to us. Put your foot down. Big C. Put your foot down right now. Um, <laughs> all right, last thing, your hog update before we talk to Peyton, who's in Clinton, Arkansas this morning. I know they've got a nice gymnasium, but you're going to have to help me on the uh, the mascot yeah, of Clinton. Clinton, the Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets. I knew it was yellow. I just couldn't think of where it was. All right. <laughs> You are so full of it. He's going to have to call back. <laughs> oh, he not, uh, Peyton, call back, buddy. He just hung up on us. We'll get to you. I promise. All right. There are 10. So the NBA started last night. There's 10 pro hogs in the league currently on NBA rosters. Okay. Can you name any slash where, where they're playing or all 10? Can you get to how many of these can you name? Well, Jalen and Isaiah in Oklahoma okay, City. That's two. Um, I'll give you guys both. Nick Smith with the... Uh, the Warriors, right? Hornets. Hornets, right. Yeah, Charlie. Moses Moody. Moses Moody's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's Bobby four. Portis. Bobby Portis. Where's he at? Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, it's yeah. five. You're at halfway. Uh, where's um, um, oh, the kid from El Dorado, big kid in the middle? Uh, God, Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he with Washington still? That's correct. That's with six. The, with the Bullets? Not the Bullets. What are they now? They were the Bullets. <laughs> the Wizards. The Wizards, yeah. I think that's um, an old ABA team. You're at six. I'm you're 60% there. Oh, Anthony Black. Where's A.B. playing? Magic. Yep. yep. Seven. We're uh, missing some older players. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking, older. This actually, is guys. actually younger. You're missing one older player and two. Oh, younger. Ricky Council. He's not on NBA roster. He's not. Probably. No. Okay. You got two younger players and one older player. Who's probably the biggest trash talker of any of them? Oh, loves to get into it with every player. Uh, Guy was a stud freshman here. Eventually kicked off the team. Really? I'm, I'm he was asked. Work. I say he was asked. He was suspended for a year. Patrick Beverly. There you go. Okay. He was with Houston. Now I don't. I've lost track of where he's. City at. of brotherly love. He's in oh, Philly. Philly. Okay. okay. You got two young guys. One just signed a two way yeah, contract. What, who just signed a two way contract that I brought up yesterday? Wal, what? Where's Walsh at? Oh yeah, Walsh. There you go. Where's uh, he at? Boston. Boston. Yeah, that's, that's nine. Right. And then I'll give the last one. Says you got nine. Yeah. Stanley Mude just signed a two way yeah. contract with the Pistons. Yeah. So again, yeah. ten Razorbacks. One of only ten double-digit team, or one of only ten teams with double-digit players in the NBA. Arkansas is in a very good select company right now. Kentucky's got like twenty-six, but Arkansas is closer to a bunch of them at that point. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight 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 Sparky. I got a really funny beef. On the Fine Bomb Show. And it features one of our callers, actually. Really? I think it's uh, Dixie Lynn in Hot yeah. Springs that calls in. She goes by Terry in the video, mm. which doesn't make sense. But listen to this interaction between Mary Jo, who's a Missouri fan, and then the beef that Dixie Lynn has as an Arkansas fan. Hello, Mary Jo. Hi, Paul. I want you to start seeing Coach Eli Drinkwitz as a young Coach Nick Saban. He's doing some of the same things, Paul, and he's succeeding. And we have 100% trust in our coach drink. And I, I just think we're doing great and we're all excited. And Saturday was a Chamber of Commerce Day in Como. Mary Jo, uh, thank you very much. Uh, really nice of you to, to join us. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, the young Nick Saban. <laughs> Yeah, she's Wait. drinking. Terry is in Arkansas. Yeah, I don't know what that woman from Missouri smoking. She thinks that about him because 
they're going to be thinking different when the Razorbacks roll in there and pound the snot out of them later in the season because we're fixing to get it all going and we're going to win out and go to a bowl game. First off, they're coming here. They're coming here. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a key Second thing. off, that'd be awesome. That's like a misspelled word in a tweet, in a, in a sharply worded tweet. you got to get your pronunciations right and your uh, your tenses right and your words spelled right. Your home stadium. But that so is, she, she obviously believes what I'm right turning around. There. She's believing. I hope. So, well, she got some aliases? Because what, what, what was the name she went by there? Terry. Terry. Terry, but she she calls our show and Dixie, goes by Dixie Lynn. She says Lynn. Dixie Lynn every time. I think she follows me on social media, and I think her name mm. is Dixie Lynn on social media. So I would guess that that's her actual name. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's another idea. I agree like, with her sentiments, though. So. That Arkansas is going to roll into... <laughs> And We're not going to roll into anywhere. They're going to roll into here. That'd be nice. Yeah. That would be real and nice. That's the best team you got left on the schedule. I mean, it's not, I don't yeah. think it's an argument. She just said what we're all thinking in the back of our, or hoping in the back of our mind mm. that happens. I want to get there. I want to feel the same way she does. I'm just not going to feel that way until I see some <laughs> level of competency on offense starting. I want next some of what that lady like. in Missouri's been taking. <laughs> That's what I want. Drinkowitz is yeah. a young Nick Saban. It, it clearly alters your uh, perception of reality. Apparently so, but that is, uh, I love back and forth fan battles, and that was uh, that was a small one right there between a Missouri Man, fan and an Arkansas fan. make me call in right now to find bomb, us being I mean, two and six. Drink's a great coach. I mean, his record's, you know, not he's bad. Done, he's done a good job but there. Nick Saban? Yeah. Uh, no. We're not going there. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Payton is in Clinton this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, home of the Yellow Jackets, as I just uh, found out. I knew it was something yellow. What's up, Peyton? Oh, man, Ty, I got to skin you up a little bit. Arkansas Razorbacks, Dallas Cowboys, Clinton Yellow Jackets. Those are the staples, right? There you go. But, uh, man, my watch your beef Wednesday. I got to say, every time I hear about tickets scanned versus tickets sold, I twitch a little bit. I haven't been to a game in a few years, but I went to the Texas one a couple of years back, and you know the university was really selling it. You know, let's get let's get a record here. Let's break the attendance record. They gave up on scanning tickets about thirty minutes before the game started at the gate I was at. They started sending people through security. So I'm not sure what the actual number would have been for tickets scanned, but I know it would have been higher. Well, that's fine with me. They want to do that for the Duke game. I mean, you want to get everyone in that in the house for the Duke game. You want to have over twenty thousand people in the building, like you did against Auburn. Well, there's only nineteen thousand two hundred seats. I can stand in the aisles. I just want that place backed yeah. out. Check with the fire marshal on that one. He's not, he's off that day. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. No, I, I I've seen that before, Payne. I've seen that at a couple of events. Like you go through security, and then the ticket 
security isn't like there or they're just very lean, quote unquote lenient. So I've seen that too. But, you know, and then a lot of people's talking about, you know, our receivers, you know, not knowing the routes and getting bunched up a lot. To me, that goes right back to the coach. And if you're eight games in and you don't know where you're supposed to go and you're still sitting on that player out there, coach needs to do something. Yeah. And I would say there's some truth. I appreciate your call this morning, Peyton. Again, the offense has just been out of sync, out of flux. There's been a bunch of things that happen, and the blame's been all around. Yeah. You can blame it on Coach Pittman. You can blame it on Dan Enos. You can blame it on KJ Jefferson. You can blame it on the receivers, offense line, running backs. I don't think an abnormal amount of blame directly deserves to be on yeah. one specific person like it seems to be on Dan Enos to this point. Well, no one knows Dan Enos' style and system better than Clay Henry, who's with us now on the Morning Rush. Clay, why did it not work with Dan Enos this time around at Arkansas? Well, I, I think it's kind of the perfect storm. I mean, I think you had a lot of new players. And, and when I say new players, receivers, I mean, the passing game, you know, just was not in sync, just like the caller just said. Um you had a lot of guys that were coming from a different level. They were adjusting to the speed of the game. Uh, their routes, you know, didn't seem to be sharp. You know, sometimes there were. Um, and, but I, I think that it comes down to pass protection more than anything else. And, you know, everybody points to offensive line. But a lot of the breakdowns that I saw – we're tight end and running back related, and those guys have to be in sync. And when you call, uh, you know, a check, a protection, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, everybody's got to get it. And then, you know, nobody's talking about this, but they they play a lot of road games, and road games noise. And when you're trying to make checks and you're trying to change protections, sometimes it doesn't get there, and. You know, you could see the frustration with KJ. You know, he, you know, he would point at guys because he knew that they weren't hearing him, and it didn't happen. And uh, so, I think all of that added up. You're running uh, a different system altogether. You know, it's a drop back system. It is, uh, you know, option routes, and you know, they they just they just didn't seem like they were on the same page. And I think then it got to be frustrating. And then I think the 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 real issue that kind of built up is Dan is very demanding. He put a lot of pressure on everybody, put a lot of pressure on assistant coaches. And when it wasn't working, and it's obvious that it's not working, I mean, they, they know within their building, you know, what's going on. And, uh, you know, it, um, it, it just, uh, it, you know, then you, you kind of lost your spirit. Like, you know, and I, I didn't necessarily say, you know, their spirit's gone or whatever Sam did, and that was the best way to explain it. It just didn't look like they had a stinger. And it became even more frustrating because the defense was, was getting it done. You know, I uh, I think that all of us would have said if you gave this team over the last seven, eight, nine, ten years a defense like you have now, you'd be winning games and you'd be in contention in the West. And that that's the thing that really kills you because you don't you you know you don't have uh, an offense to match what's finally a representative defense. Clay Henry with us here on the morning rush. Uh, so where does Kenny Guyton go from here? I mean, I, I think this feels like more of a collaborative effort with KJ involved, the the offensive staff involved, and 
Coach Sam Pittman, you know, talked on Monday. Hey, he's got to get his hands in there, and he's going to be in that meeting room more. So, kind of, where does this offense go from? Yeah, there? you know, I will say this: it's it's been been my my understanding when I watch offenses struggle early in the season, you cut back, you do less, and you make sure that the four, five, six plays that you run, and, and it's really more plays than that because you can you know you can run them to either side, and that you're really good at those and you understand how to block every front with those plays and you don't do too much. And you know, I've saw I've seen seen Coach Worlds do it, Coach Holtz do it. You know, that you just simplify things and you make it where your guys know exactly what to do with that set of plays. And um in it in the they're what your guys can do. And I, I think that what frustrated Sam, and you heard it come out Monday, is that he saw some plays that seemed to work in that last game, and they might not get called a second time. And, you know, it's there's nothing wrong. If you got a play that works, there's nothing wrong with calling it ten times. And, you know, I watched Gus Malzahn run plays when they're rolling up 600 yards of offense against Arkansas – Run two plays. They run them, those two plays to the right, and one those two plays to the left, and they run them over and over until you stop them. So they came out in the second half and lined up toe to toe, really cutting down the splits. You could see a, a huge difference between splits between the way Arkansas lined up and the way Mississippi State's offensive line lined up. Arkansas's guys were in there tight, and they were running it straight ahead, and they were. You know they they were they were kind of munching down on those guys, and didn't care what happened on the outside. And they they got some movement, and then Dan stopped calling those plays. And I think that really frustrated Sam. And I I sensed that Sam was upset because I watched him, and he moved. Say the, the Arkansas offense had the ball. Say at the Mississippi State thirty-five. You know, in the third quarter. He moved to the other end of the, the coaching box, like the 30-yard line, where he was away from everybody else. And I think that was his time that he was telling Dan, don't don't run those plays. Run the ones that are working. And I knew at that point, you know, I could see him kind of talking with his hands, you know, like, you know, like, Tommy, when you're really mad at Ty, which happens <laughs> often. This comparison and, and, and you start talking with your hands. Yeah. And you start pointing. Even though Ty might be, you know, on a cell phone somewhere else, mm-hmm. I've seen you do that. We're, you know, we're down at the river and you're talking to Ty, and all at yeah. once you get really animated. Yeah. And I, I might be thirty yards away, but I can tell you're not, you're not happy. And I said, "Who are you talking to?" It was Ty. Yeah. Well, that's what was going on in my eyes. You know, I, I can't promise you that's exactly it, but he, he was definitely uh, wanting certain plays called. And, it, you know, he said it. You know, we practiced the rollouts. We practiced the boots. We get in the games and didn't see them. And, we, you know, we would hear him talk on Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to move the pocket. We're going to move the pocket. He didn't move the pocket. So let me ask you this. So those are the things that I think are going to happen. I think they're going to run certain plays they feel like they can be successful. And if they are, they're going to keep running them. And I think they're going to move the pocket and make it easier for K.J. to, to get out and get things uncluttered. Or his view is uncluttered. Clay, to that point, I know no one likes a micromanager as a boss. And I know that coordinators love to have their own jurisdiction with their unit. But isn't that Sam's job in the midst of a game to say, 
this is what we need to do? I mean, yeah, and I think that's what he's doing, and that's why he fired his butt. But and I get the firing aspect, but like mid game, we need to run this because I mean, Saban overrules stuff. I would guess Smart overrules stuff. I mean, there are coaches across the board that in the middle of a game, if something's called or something, they they don't let it. Isn't that partially also on Pittman? in the midst of a game, not to let things go, not to let things play out, to say enough is enough. This is my call. This is my butt. Right? Well, well you can fire him in the game if you want to. He waited until after the game and fired him. But uh, I think that it's, it's uh, you know, it. if that's what you want to say, that's fine. He fired him. That's all I can tell you. Should have he fired him two games ago? Should have he fired him in the first quarter? Uh, and, and there's criticism to go for Sam. He sit there and he took it. And it's like, it's on me. So, yeah, it is. And, and that's, uh, you know, should he have just taken over the play call? Is that what you're saying? But, you know, it's, if you let that guy prepare and he's got the sheet up there, um, you know, at some point, you know, you, you just have to say, man, this is the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's transition to, to Guyton from Enos. So here's a guy that's never called plays, played the position like Dan Enos did uh, much uh, much less time ago at Ohio State, um, back basically a decade or so. And he's coming in this situation where there's not a lot expected with him outside of the state of Arkansas. Um, how do you think he approaches these next four and a half weeks, basically, where he's not going to have the title of offensive coordinator it's technically calling plays in the QB coach now. How, how do you think Kenny approaches this, Clay? Yeah, I think he approaches it with enthusiasm. I think he's going to be encouraging, and I think he's going to run a practice that is a shortened practice as far as number of plays that they try to run, and they're going to try to polish those plays. But more than anything else, I don't think it's about the play calling. I think it's about getting the room back. I think it's about getting the offense. And, you know, it's it's uh, uh, whatever you do, you're accountable. And you need to be called, you know, you know, the coach needs to be demanding. You didn't get it done. But he also, they've got to do something to get their stinger back. That's the word I've always used. You know, Sam used spirit, but they didn't have their stinger. And... Even when they came out in the second half, and I thought they were having a little success running the ball, you know, they weren't jumping around. They weren't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, we, they just didn't look like fighting Razorbacks to me. That's what he's got to get back more than anything else. And it's a mental thing as much as it is a physical thing. And we all, um, we all know that, you know, a, a good play call is better than a bad play call, but but he he's he's got to get KJ to believe in him, and it happens in the meeting room, and it happens in the practice field, and I, I think that KJ will tell him these are the plays that that I think I can run, and want to run, and I don't think that was happening with Dan. He played through all this offensive inefficiencies and the anemic offense. Somehow the defense has kept it together. I think that's the most amazing thing that uh, we've seen the defense that's played at a really high level. Um, you know, sometimes teams implode when one side of the ball is not holding up their end of the bargain. That has not happened yet with this team, and this defense is playing really well. Yeah, kudos to Travis Williams and, and, 
in Deke Adams and in uh, Marcus Woodson. I mean, those guys, uh, they have done what they said they were going to do in the summer. And it's, it is in stark con- con- contrast to what we've seen on the offense, which makes it even more remarkable that they've held up. And, and, you know, if that's been the issue at Arkansas in, if they can play defense, they can win in the SEC because I've seen it's it is to me it's easier to play offense. You're you're the you're the guys that know where the play's going. You're the guy that, that know the stat count, um, and um, you know I, I think that we have watched Arkansas's defense just flounder, be among the nation's worst, and you know it's like. They just can't recruit the right players, or they can't get enough players. Well, they got the right players. They went out in the portal. First of all, they identified in December when when he was hired. They identified we got to have we got to have five more defensive linemen. We got to have three more linebackers. We got to have five more defensive backs. They went out and got all those guys and older players. I mean, it's it's a. You know, it's an Eric Musselman turnover the roster job on on defense, and that's what gives me hope for offense because they can do that on offense too. I mean, that 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 they thought they had tackles, they were going to be young, but they thought they had them, and they were wrong. They've got to, you know, of course these tackles will get better with experience. They're going to have another year, but they're going to be running a new offense, no no doubt. So they've got to go out and find another center. And probably you know three more linemen you know that can that can you know give them depth where their competition in practice is 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 standardized you know it's not you know it's not substandard where you say well this is the only guy we got's ready to play you you got to have you know eight nine guys ready to play and then you can have competition and then your offensive line is going to be is going to roll it can be done and we know it can be done and they. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the tight ends that they've got are going to grow up. They've got a good tight ends coach. We know that. He was one of the best that they could have found. But they're just dealing with a brand-new tight ends room, and physically they're not ready to block defensive ends. And when they've tried that, it's failed. Uh, but it, it's it's uh, that, that position will be a position of strength, you know, over the next couple of years. How difficult do you think it's to recruit on the offensive side of the ball right now with a placeholder, at least seemingly an offensive coordinator? So, Ty, this this is this is my view, and the great thing that allows for recruiting is opportunity to play. You know that's what players want. That's what they want to see. Mm-hmm. And you know Dave Van Horn, they, they got a loaded roster, but uh, you know. The, the great left-handed pitcher at Texas Tech, last name is Molina, uh, he wanted a chance to be a starting pitcher, and they had an opening. He came to Arkansas. I think that players look and see, where where can I walk in, and I've got one more year or I've got two more years, I want to play immediately. They're, they're going to see that they can play immediately at Arkansas, and coaches are going to tell you, hey, we we got a void right here. You can step in and, and be a player. And they've done that. I think they they told Tykeus Crawford that he's been hurt. You know, I, I think that that you know they told Devin Manuel that he's been hurt. You know, so they they have been unlucky a little bit in the offensive line. 
but they didn't, you know, they didn't get enough. You know, they didn't have enough tackles. You know, that's, uh, you know, but I think some of these young players are going to develop, but you need to make sure and bring in some guys that have already played and you see, you know, you see their work on film and know that they can play like they did with Jeff Coat and, and, uh, you know, and I can go all across the defensive line. Those, those guys were all playing it. You know, mostly at Power Five schools and having success, you knew they could play, and they, they've got to get more guys. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.